You're listening to How You Create with Ben Terry and Joshua John Marie. So I don't know if you've kind of caught on to the local news around here, but it looks like there's some um, outdoor music festivals getting ready to launch um, pretty soon, which is exciting. Like live music has not been a thing for so long. Um, It's just refreshing to see. Oh man, I cannot wait for live music to come back. Like one of my like, you know how everyone has like a thing they do to like, I don't know, recover or to be replenished creatively. Like going to live shows by myself was like my thing. Yeah, that that is, that's a thing that you do. I remember you said that. And I remember you saying that for the first time, you're like, I, I completely go to shows by myself and I have an incredible time. Oh yeah. I mean, people thought that was so weird, but like my theory is when I go to a music concert, I'm not wanting to talk to people. I'm there to like listen and experience and hear these artists kind of play and perform. And it is great to experience that with other people for sure. It's just that I have movies. I don't have any problems doing things by myself and I don't have any problems of doing things with other people. That's a strength. Yeah. I need my community. I like like having (laughs) someone to talk to. I guess we can't we can't go to music shows together. Well, speaking of music, one of the things that I'm really into right now is I've gone back and I've gone back in time to 2005 and have been re-listening like on repeat right now. Two records. There's two records that I have on repeat right now. And if you listen to music in 2005 and you were you know, it's an if you know you know type thing. One okay. record that I've been putting on repeat is is The Girl Talk one of the Girl Talk mixtapes. If you aren't familiar with Girl Talk, you don't know anything. That's, that's like my just, hot take. I'm just going to sit know Girl Talk over here. I don't, I'm, Man, I'm out of the mix. You need to go, <laughs> you need to tonight, are you a Spotify or Apple guy? Spotify all the way. Yeah. You need to go and listen to Girl Talk's uh, Night Ripper album from, it's actually 2006. But like that use, it's it's amazing. What that guy, what that guy did with samples was amazing. Uh, All right. So yeah, listen to Girl Talk. And then the second album that I've been listening to on repeat is the Bonnie Prince Billy Matt Sweeney uh, Super Wolf album. Whoa, um, mouthful. Yeah. So Bonnie Prince Billy is Will Oldham, who lives here in Louisville, uh, a phenomenal musician and artist. He has a moniker, Bonnie Prince Billy. He does a lot of different music. My favorite is if you ever go back and watch the um, Kanye West music video with Zach Galvanakis, uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing, where they're, um, I don't even know if it's actually a Kanye approved music video, but Zach Galvanakis and Will Oldham is actually, he's in that music video and they're dancing on a tractor and like out in a field and it's it's awesome it's such a cool that sounds about kentucky yeah so anyways <laughs> that's that's like a little tidbit but the super wolf album is so good if you never listened to super wolf the album by bonnie prince billy matt matt sweeney you should go listen to it because they have a follow-up album that they haven't released they're releasing mm. this this month um i think it's actually it might be this week don't quote me on that, but um, they have a new a new album coming out, and if it's anything like this 2005 album, it's going to be a must listen to. Um, 
and they've just done some of the best music and yeah that's what i've been listening to on repeat these days so I've, hopefully we'll have live shows and i can experience that in person yeah that'd be sweet uh i recently i feel like i'm gonna get clowned for this um i recently watched i am legend for the first time like two weeks ago i'm not gonna clown you on that I wouldn't say it's like one of my favorite movies ever, but I am glad that like you watched it. I, I you're, was, you're like, I a, was so, you're like, I was so disappointed at the end. What are you like? 20, 23, 22, but 27. you're like, you're like, you're not 27. I'm 22. I was about to say, <laughs> but you, you've got like a 80 year old heart. Thank you. I'll in a 22 that. year old body. I'll take that. It but is fascinating because there's a big watching, age yeah. difference between us. I was watching I Am Legend, uh, and I was just so disappointed with the ending. And I've I've just been looking around at different articles and watching different uh, kind of director cuts of how this movie could have ended. But I I don't know. I was I was recommended to to watch it, and I was just so disappointed with how it ended. It was it was. It What's funny movie. is like in the first like five minutes of this podcast we've gone from 2005 to 2006 to 2007 of cultural references i think it's just like really fascinating i'm just glad i made the cut i'm usually too far into (laughs) yeah we did we didn't plan on talking about the early 2000s but like almost everything in culture right now i mean paris hilton is like it the it girl again it's like it's like we're reliving the early 2000s again right now yeah but you know, love it. I'm here for it. There's it. some good things within it. So, but yeah, well, let's talk about what we got on the podcast this week. Um, this week we brought on Dion Ivory, which Dion, you know, Dion well. I didn't get a chance. Yeah, to she's meet a Dion. good friend. Yeah, you guys met during um, Visco Voices 2018 grant uh, program, and that's where she submitted um, her proposal and received a grant for a project called The Body: A Home for Love. Um, yeah, and this, it's kind of yeah. surreal. She was the first, she was in the first cohort of Visco Voices grantees that we kind of funded with $20,000. Yeah. And at the time, she was actually living in Chicago and she was originally from Texas and now she lives in LA and she kind of does a whole bunch of things. She's kind of like a wellness, you know, brand influencer, photographer, a director, director now, yeah. a model. Well, Visco um, Voices really set the stage and like fueled the fire um, yeah. for a lot of the work that she's doing now. Um, totally. And she recently directed and, and released this video. Um, remind me of the name again. Yeah, it's Black Women Are Worthy. Yeah, and it's and kind it's of an ex- it's kind yeah. of like evolved off of the the Body of Home for Love project that she's kind of working on, and it's kind of cool because she has her per- these kind of fall in her personal projects. Like these are mm-hmm. the things she's most passionate about. Right. Um, and then on the other side, she's also like this artist who works with Apple and Nike and Glossier. Yeah. Um, I mean, she shot Issa Rae on Crown Magazine, um, Vogue, Essence Magazine, Refinery29. Like she's worked with a lot of people and she's kind of been her, she's been her own best creative advocate, but then she's mm-hmm. also been a voice for so many other black women and yeah. the things that she works on. And so, yeah. I don't know, she's really, if, yeah. Dion's really awesome. She's really positive. And I was actually glad you got to meet her and kind of talk with her a little bit today. 
Yeah. I mean, if I could describe Dion in just a few words, I'd say a passionate creative, a black passionate creative who is all about supporting black women. And um, she lives that, she owns it, she um, inspires. Um, so th- this episode, this conversation was really uh, just beautiful. It was really insightful. Dion, welcome yes. to the podcast. Excited to have you. It's been forever since you and I have like reconnected, but you mm-hmm. and I first met through, you were one of our first grantees of the Visco Voices Project. Yes. And since then, you've like continued to just glow up from that experience. Like, how mm-hmm. are you? I am amazing. Like, I, I feel well, of course so you good. Are. You- <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna have me. I'm literally screaming. Um, no, I, but seriously though, like I'm, I'm feeling like just really aligned and like blessed and abundant and like just happy and joyful because I get to do what I love, you know, which is create and be sustained by it. So I'm just living La Vida over here. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so where, where is over here? Because when we first met, you were in Chicago. So where is over I, here mm, now? I am in LA, North Hollywood to, to be specific. Um, so I just okay, moved here. Okay, and the address? Literally. You want to drop the address as well too? Absolutely negative, okay, <laughs> no. <laughs> but now I'm in NoHo. Um, I moved here last year in the middle of the pandemic, which was complete trash, but I mean. Whoa, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. I weather's been good to that. you? It's a oh, lot the weather's better been than Chicago weather. I, you know, I'm still trying to understand why I was living there in the first place because that was a tragedy. That was I don't I don't feel like black people thrive in the cold. That just wasn't for me. Yeah. Well, you're originally <laughs> from Houston, so yeah. it, it makes sense. Like, well, the no, Texan no, no, no. I'm from Dallas. Oh, you're from Dallas. Okay. Yes, I'm from My Dallas. Bad. I totally missed yeah. that one. Yeah, a lot of people do. I, that's because I I rep Houston because that's also my second home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tight. Well, yeah. why don't we talk a little bit about um, what you've been up to this year? Let's start there. You've been doing so much. I feel like we need to like get it all out there first, especially for people who aren't familiar with Dion Ivory and all the work that you've been doing. You make me sound so famous, Dion Ivory. No, um, <laughs> uh, what have I been doing? What am I not doing? I stay doing the most, and y'all know this. Like um, this year specifically, even though we're what four months in, I you know I conceptualized and directed my first short film called Black Women Are Worthy. And it's this really stunning short that is just a visual love letter to Black women. Um, And it was crazy being able to do that because, you know, I'm a photographer. I'm 5,000 things, multidisciplinary. But film directing is something that I never thought I'd get get into. And so it just came so natural to me whenever I was on set because I'm I'm an artist who knows exactly what they want. So, you know, doing the, putting together the treatment, um, and like really like knowing what I wanted my vision to be and working with a team of all black women who are also from the South. Um, it was just such a vibe, you know, and it just came together so beautifully. And, and it was really an investment in myself as an artist and also into the women that I'm inspired by. So that was super dope. And, you know, the film is a, is a catalyst for this campaign that I've launched this year. Uh, for the body of home for love, which started with the Visco Voices, um, we're raising two million dollars to serve ten thousand plus Black women who are in need of trauma informed care. Um, yeah, like I, you know, I realize that being in the wellness space, so many people are creating these safe spaces, but I think that you need a balance of creativity and clinical 
You know what I'm saying? Like services, because, you know, we can create all day, but having someone who knows exactly what they're doing and they have the proper language and um, the tools necessary to helping these black women heal is so essential. So, you know, it's an ambitious, well, it, it's ambitious depending on who you ask, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm really excited to see and how that $2 million is going to create an ecosystem of like sustainability emotionally and economically yeah. for black women. Yeah. There's, there's so many things I'm just excited to dive into in this episode. Cause you have a photographer who's stepped into the video scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. have a nonprofit. You're managing uh-huh. this $2 million <laughs> campaign goal. Um, uh-huh. I don't even think multidisciplinary, like, di- like illustrator. I don't even know how to put you in a yes, model. Like, I can't. Wow. Brand influencer. Yeah, it's hard for me too. All, all of that. Look at you just going down the list. Yeah. So when people ask yeah. me, I'm like, I don't really know what to tell you. Wow. I, I just do the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's, what's most yeah. what's most fulfilling for you right now if you had to choose just one? Yeah, if you only can only do one for the rest of your life, which oh, creative outlet too, would you come choose? On, ben, that's that too, is so no, no, no. wrong. That's so I know. If I could just do one, ooh. I would say I would create I would creative direct um an experiential activation that comprises all of the things that I do. So it would be interactive. It would be like photography. It'd be an art gallery. It'd be film. So that's what I would do. So I'd be doing all the things that I'm doing, but it's through an experiential <laughs> G- activation. Genie in a bottle. She, yep. Yes. <laughs> Get all. She's finding the. She's finding the loophole. Yeah. I am finding the loophole. But yeah, if that's what you want me, to, I would do. That would be like a dream thing to do for yeah. for show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Dion, awesome. I didn't know you previously, but I've been following your work uh, since it kind of uh, launched with Visco Voices. And it's mm-hmm. uh, every, with every post, every story, as you just continue to progress, um, it, it's been amazing. So, um, again, we're, we're super excited to have you here and, and really just break into your, your creative tools, your creative process, and then just your relationship <laughs> with money as well. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. it would be good. I think it would be good, too, to maybe explain the body a home for love, like what you did for Visco voices and how that project has kind of evolved to today to be this black women are worthy campaign that you've started. Yes. And thank you, Ben. I mean, you are literally a part of the origin story of the body (laughs) for love. Like for real, that was, you know, I'm just, I feel so blessed and it was so fun kicking it with you all. And like, really celebrating you and your sneaker game, you know, during the time we were, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we were hanging head, out at Oakland. His head is getting so big. I already right know now. his head is getting big. I already know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. Uh, Gas so me up, fam. So voices. Oh. I'm, no, I'm seriously about to scream. <laughs> he said, gas me up, fam. I'm on the floor. Um, no, so Visco Voices, you know, came through with the one, two, with the 20 thou, you know what I'm saying, for the project. And... I was just like, okay, at, the t- at that time, I was like, this is the most money I've ever gotten. Okay, what you going to do with these coins? And so, um, you know, the project was centered around home and amplifying the voices of marginalized people, which is something that I've always done in my work. And I wasn't going to apply to it, but my friend was like, Dion, just do it. So I applied at the very last minute. And then um, I just kind of knew that I got it, like, as soon as I submitted it. And then Ben, I think it was you or Tim. I don't remember who it was. But it you was called me. me and was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was a chew and you were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, okay, that was the first call. And then the second call, um, I was getting my makeup done when I was like on set for some H&M shoot. And he called me, he was like, Dion, you got the grant. And I was like, oh my God. And it was just, it was crazy. And I was like, wow, I have this money. And so um, for the project, you know, I wanted to, I ain't even going to say I wanted to, it really came to me from like a place of conviction. Um, 
wanting to explore the narratives of Black women who dealt with sexual trauma like me and trying to figure out how they were navigating their healing journey, because that's not something that I was doing. I just kind of like kept it in the back of my mind, but I never really like addressed it full on. So mm. I was like, oh, let me, you know, let me try to do some some type of like psychology therapeutic work through photography. Mm. And so, you know, I had no idea what I was going what I was getting myself into. And I say that because during that six month process, it was a lot emotionally. Um, you know, I was I, y'all can, you know, Ben and Tim and like Jesse, who was also there as a mentor can attest to how, you know, how it's, it was a lot of emotional labor. Um, mm. and then I also was, I also got a divorce during that time because really, you know, sitting down with these women and like understanding what trauma was and how it informed your decisions around self-worth and like all that stuff, it really opened my eyes and it flipped my world upside down. And so, um, I, you know, I had the courage to, to leave my, my, my ex at the time and Chicago and kind of start anew. And this project was the result of that. And so, you know, I interviewed 13 black women and I also had a chance to visually document them, um, in a way that was really beautiful and authentic because I wanted them to display what freedom looked like, you know, yeah. outside of your trauma, you know, cause we're, we're whole beings, but sometimes, you know, when you are a survivor, you feel like that's the sum of your identity because you feel mm. stuck, you know, and you feel like you don't deserve to be happy or that you'll never be loved. And so I just really wanted to show black women uh, or not even show them, but help them tap into the fact that they're whole and that they're worthy now, that that's not something that they have to work towards, but work from, you know? And so it was just such a beautiful experience for me, for them. Um, and it, it really helped me as an artist to develop this level of trust and intimacy. Um, because when people have that, they're able to show up in a way that's like whole and beautiful and vulnerable and you get the best of them because they feel safe with you. And so, like I said, it was just, it was such an amazing project. And from there, you know, it's starting as a photo project. It then morphed into um, a nonprofit. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm come doing, on. but come on. I feel led yeah. to go here. So I'm going to do it. And then um, that did, came, where did it really became a come? movement. Well, the, where did the name come from? Yeah. Where did, so, where did the name, where did the name come from? So I was an art director for Black Girl and Ohm. So obviously like I was an artist and I was also in wellness. So I consider myself like a creative wellness artist. And the name came from just this love for affirmations because that's what we mm. do in the wellness world. You affirm yourself. And so the body, a home for love is like an affirmation that I want all black women to experience. So when you say it, it's like you're reclaiming your body as a safe mm. space. So that's where the name came from. It just, I don't know. It just came to me out of the blue. Like I said, all of this is divine. I ain't, I don't even know how, who, where, what. But, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like this is where I was supposed to be. And that was the name that resonated. So, uh, yeah, like that, that was the start. And then working on that and putting that into the world, other black women were like, I want to help you build this. You know, and I was just like managing a team. What, you know, as an artist trying to manage people and be business oriented. I'm like, <laughs> that ain't what I do. That's not what I do. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I'm going to step up to the plate. Um, and it's just helped me to become a better leader, a better servant leader, you know, and it's helped me in so many other ways. So that's that's how that came. And then last year we raised one hundred thousand, one hundred and forty thousand dollars. And our goal was one hundred thousand dollars. And it was our first year as a nonprofit, wow. which was a really big deal. Because my director of development was like, this is not normal, Dion. Most nonprofits don't raise as much money in a year. And I was like, girl, look, this is the the, the coin that came to me in vision. So we're going to get this money. And, 
you know, it, it came through an unorthodox way because it was through a lot of sustainable partnerships with like mm. brands, not through, you know, formal donors or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, this works for us. And then I was like, two million came to me and I was just like, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money. But I, once again, I feel like this is the number we're supposed to be working yeah. towards because we have a big vision. So, yeah. So Fisco Voices Project, kind of like the yes. launching pad. Yeah. And then it kind of transitioned into this nonprofit movement, a body home for love. I'm screaming kind at of, you, Ben, the body, a home for love. You could just say it, the body, <laughs> a body, a home. I I'm was screaming. trying to, I was trying to plug a little bit of like the Instagram account. Cause it's like still like a huge following of people that kind of go after it, like follow the story. And then now yeah. it's kind of evolved into this, um, this short film of black women are worthy. Yeah. And what are you trying to do with this film and how does it connect back to the original idea of helping black women heal from sexual trauma? Absolutely. Um, so we have two taglines, one of, for the body of home for love. One of them is healing through joy, which I feel is a revolutionary way of healing because oftentimes people feel like, you know, it's a very daunting process. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that. And so one of my teammates, she said, you know, healing from trauma doesn't have to be traumatic. And I was like, absolutely. Mm. That is the space mm. that we work from. And I was just like, healing through joy to me has been my life. You know, people are often confused when I say I'm a survivor or that if I say I've grown up, you know, I grew up poor or whatever. They're just like, what? I just would never guess. It's because I, I joy is like my identity. And so mm. I, I would love for other black women to experience what it's like to also, you know, to have gone through something, but not allowing that to um, determine your future or like the joy that you're able to radiate. And then the other one is black women are worthy. You know, I feel like oftentimes um, when it comes to black women, whenever we're shuffled in with other um, movements, we get shuffled to the back and that just doesn't sit right with my spirit or whenever we're being served, it's not served with the best quality, with the best care, mm. with the best experiences. People think that they can have do things. And as a person who is, you know, big on aesthetics and big on photography and creating beautiful experiences, I want black women to know that you are worthy of healing through joy and you are also worthy of healing beautifully. You know, like this isn't just reserved for people with a whole bunch of money or reserved for white people or reserved. You know what I'm saying? Like you also that's joy is your birthright and, and worthiness is who you are. And so um, with the film, I remember praying and I asked God, I say, you know, what do you want me to say through this film? Because like, I, I don't know. I mean, I do consider myself to be a writer, but I feel like this is such this is so spiritual and it's so like just it's just so deep and it's bigger than me it's always been bigger than me it's about the people it's about how am i serving people and yeah. so i prayed and then like 10 minutes later the words came to me and i was just like oh my god this is like a this is a letter to like everyone who's tried to make black women shrink um or yeah. you know make us feel small or tell us that we're not worthy of this or that and so i thought about um you know serena williams you know in in the hospital having to tell her nurse or whoever it was 5,000 times that I'm in pain and they're not listening, you know, mm -hmm. or Megan the stallion being laughed at when, when she came out that she got shot or like other black women who've suffered and like people just mock yeah. it. And it's like this lack of like humanizing black women or us whenever we're being harmed in any type of way, people yeah. question it instead of validating it yeah. and making space for us. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted that film to really just resonate, like I said, with black women and to let them know that 
even though the world has done this and they said that and they refuse to humanize us, like at the end of the day, we know that we're worthy of being seen. We're, you mm-hmm. know, we're worthy of all these things. And it was just a reminder. Um, and so with that film, I wanted that to go, you know, of, of course, reach millions of people and, I want to gain brand awareness about the body of Home for Love because the film is to raise the $2 million for um, the trauma-informed care and the creative wellness that we want to create. And we want to do that with excellence because I think that we also want to create jobs for Black wellness practitioners because we solely invest in them only um, because representation is important. And like I said, we want to establish an ecosystem of sustainability economically for black women who are looking for jobs, who are helping other black women heal and also the women who are healing. So it's just like this really beautiful community that we're creating. So yeah, Yeah. that's how it ties in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Especially given this past year, it seems like the film is very timely and the conversation is very timely for it to kind of come out. um, Yeah. Just like, yeah, it's been a hard past year with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, For us locally here in Louisville with Brianna Taylor, you know, it's, it's been a tough 2020 has been a tough year and now we're now year. we're having time now's the time to start having conversations to try to process you know what mm-hmm. people have just gone through this past year um, mm-hmm. and so it's really awesome that you're focusing on wellness and using creativity as a means in which to kind of spark these conversations um, mm-hmm. and it just helps that it's such a beautiful film uh, and work that you <laughs> kind of create. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if anything, it's really fun to follow you on Instagram and just see how much fun you all are having behind the okay. scenes and kind of creating this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, yeah, we always stay fun, jigging. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fun, let's hit up. Let's hit up this segment of who, what, where, and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this. And so, oh, who, God. what, where? We're going to go through three questions. You know, just first thing that kind of hits to your mind. Uh, the first one being who. Who is on Dion Ivory's dream creative team? Like if you okay. had the dream team for of creatives, who would you want to work with? Obviously <laughs> Solange. I'm like obsessed and I'm so inspired by her. Um, I would also say Carrie Washington as a director. I think that she's amazing. Also nice. Melina. I, I'm not even about to say her last name because I know I'm a butcher that bad boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Erica Baidu. You know, she would be amazing because when you think about vibes and music, like she just gets it in a way like that would be super duper dope. Her and I would say, well, I already said Solange, but both of them musically, that would be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Who else would I say? I would say Beyonce because she's a woman who knows how to create an experience around one particular project. She Mm. the, the lifespan of it is so it's forever. It lives on And it's forever. so large. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, you have so many different ways of like giving, like serving these meals. It's like the same. I don't know. It's just, she just understands things in a way that a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, I, um, that's a, that's a pretty good lineup right there. Yeah. That's, yeah, a, good, you know, that's, that's a good that would team. I'd love this. That's a great team. No, we'd be out here. blood shaking and moving. It'll be a, yeah. it'll be a live scene. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So secondly, so, yeah, go ahead. Josh. Uh, secondly with what? So, uh, what new project would you work on if money was not an issue? Man, I think that it would be, it, it's kind of similar to what I said earlier about the the activation, but I think that I would create, um, so you know how OWN, like it's, there's Oprah and there's OWN, right? Mm. She got a network, she got a magazine, she, Whole got, collective, she got that yeah. in the third. Yes. I would be like the millennial Oprah, right? And it would just <laughs> be about like black women are worthy 
would be like its own world. And it <laughs> like it would be, you know, publications, it would be activations. Um I think you're already on track. You're 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 yeah. you're walking towards that already. She's ready oh, to be uh, Oprah's replacement. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> there it we, is. Okay. From Houston, from te- from Texas, from <laughs> Dallas, yes. I am ready for this life, okay, period. But that's what I would do. It, it would just be a whole world where, like, I'm employing black women, like, to do what they love. I think that that's where I love spending my money, on black women who do who are doing what they love. Because I feel like mental health is so important. And so many people hate their jobs. And I'm like, girl, come here. You would love your job, and then you'd, you'd be around other black women, and you'd be able to do what you want to do and dream without a ceiling. And mm. it would just be amazing. So... I would just create a whole, like I said, a whole world built around creativity and wellness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that would be my dream. Nice. Well, let's, let's do the last one. What are you wearing? What's, I'm what's so the mad fit at this for the question day? Because today was a basic day. <laughs> I know. We didn't prep you at all. I, I saw you were just like at the beach. I was living my best life and it was great. Um, with my husband. <laughs> all right. uh, I, I have so walk this. us through your creative fit for today. <laughs> This is very funny. Okay, so, well, for one, I'm going to, the necklaces that I have on, they're actually necklaces that I designed, right? With okay. golden. So yes, for the body yeah. of home for love. You know, we got that on. Um, I and have you can this buy basic, that? You can buy it. Yes, okay. on golden. Try to get that plug for you. No, I appreciate that, though. You appreciate that. <laughs> so, GLDN by the body of home for love. Y'all can go buy the necklace. It's real cute. I also got the rings on too. They say I am worthy. My necklace says joy is my birthright and the rings say I am worthy. So it's a reminder. Um, I also have my long gel X nails, which are really cute. And they have like, these they're illustrations. awesome. Thank you. They're yeah. a vibe, you know, and this dress that I have on, which is basic AF, it is from forever 21, <laughs> but you know, it makes my body look good, so I really like wearing it. And it's just, like, real simple. So that's my outfit. And I have Tevas on. Feel good, look good. <laughs> Tevas. My black Tevas, Tevas are on. back. They are back. They're so cute. That is the fit. Any other day, it would have been way better. But, yeah. No, I feel you on that. We didn't give you any heads up either, which is even yeah, better. I love. No. We are getting, like, a real authentic. In the, in the moment. Right real and authentic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Josh, walk us through the next segment. Yeah, so we're going to segue into uh, just your creative tools. We want to get an understanding of what you're using uh, on yes. your day-to-day to mm-hmm. uh, produce the work that you're, that you're making. Um, mm-hmm. So just, just to kick us off, um, when you're thinking about creative tools, what would you say is essential to your toolkit? What is always with you? What are the Dion Ivory must-haves? The products, the software, the services. Like, What are, what are you working with these days? Let me tell you something. Pinterest, they need to sponsor my whole life. And that's on period because I stay giving these treatments from Pinterest. Okay. That is like. It's a great mood board. It is. Like, honestly, like. It's what's just your, what's your, what's your process for Pinterest? I've, I've found that people use Pinterest and just like, how do you find what you're looking for? Let me see. I'm the wordsmith. Okay. I've been there like, like black girl, like. It's just real specific. Like, you know, yeah. if I want to find Solange type images, I'll type in images who remind me of her or, you know, I'll put in soft muted tones, earth tones, brown, brown girls, different things like that. I get very specific because, you know, oftentimes they don't they show images, but they not they may not be images of people who look like me. Mm, so, you know, you yeah. have to put in a, a bit more work. 
Yeah. Um, so I've just gotten used to it. So I'm very specific with like, yeah. so you find Pinterest like more inspiring or mood board esque than Instagram. Cause I feel like people have kind of moved towards like saving and creating collections on Instagram, but you like the um, search feature. I, you know what? I, I do save a lot of images from Instagram, but I feel like with Pinterest it's just way, I just have access to way more. And then also whenever I'm trying to implement or insert the images into my deck that I'm creating, like I feel like I have to screenshot from Instagram, whereas on Pinterest I could just you know drag and you know drag, drag it drop. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think because of that accessibility and how like functional that is, I just tend to gravitate more towards Pinterest. Um, so that's like a must-have. Another something that I always have. Uh, what are you shooting with Visco. these days? Oh, oh you're still the big Visco. Yeah. Yeah, Visco is like. People are always asking me, girl, what you edit with? This, that, and the third. I'm like, I'm not giving y'all my presets, number one. But number two, I stay with Visco. Visco, um, I'm obsessed with. I have it on my desktop, even though y'all... Oh, this... Ben, I'm thinking you were part of Visco. She's talking about y'all as if I work at Visco. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I run deep with them. I love I love no, Visco's I family, for up. sure. I yeah. was ready to charge you up. And I was like, wait, I'm giving him the wrong energy. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Look look at no, his head I right now. It's exploding outside the house. <laughs> Man. No, I, I play with Visco. And I shoot with a, a Fujifilm camera, but I just bought me a 5D Canon. I'm back on my Canon life for this commercial photography because the, the Fujifilm, it's beautiful. And, you know, a lot of people think I shoot film and I don't. I just have that aesthetic in my work, which I think is great. But the 5D is about to give me that powwow for this commercial work. So I'm very excited about that. And my iPhone. I mean... Like the iPhone just, you know Period. what I'm saying? Yeah. Period. You know, yeah. easy one, two, three. We doing it. Throw and a Visco, Visco filter on there. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just I'm trucking about my day. So those are definitely like some necessities that I yeah. need. And good music. Music also inspires me. Music is also my first. Are you day, Apple so. Music or Spotify? You know, I was an Apple Music head. And then I got on Spotify and I just feel like their playlists are a little bit better. Oh yeah, man. Spotify so, is where it's at. It is. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I think I, I feel lie. like Apple has a better aesthetic, but I like the the work, the uh, the la like the way the Spotify operates. I just enjoy it much better. It's a better user yeah, experience. Yeah, it, it is a better user experience, you know. But I, I do love my my Apple too. You know, that'd be yeah, that beginning with yeah. Mississippi given. Yeah. You um, how what do you use to kind of run the nonprofit? Like what what is like. I feel like Dion Ivory is a business, and then I feel oh, like you is. have the nonprofit. Jesus. Yeah, uh -huh. like and then Black you, Women Are Worthy. That's about to be a thing too. How am I managing it? Like, I know you've got a team, or are you Ooh. like, are you really techie? Like, are you running software? Do you have a bunch of software stuff to kind of manage all this stuff? Or are you just like hiring out? I have a team of thirteen Black women. Wow. For the body of home for love. And I don't even know how I got that big. I'm like, Lord Jesus. Wow. And by the grace of God, you know, they're volunteer based, but I've been at, we've been we've gotten to a point where I'm able to provide like stipends, yeah. which is which makes me happy because I'm like, oh, you know. And yeah. so hopefully next year, not not hopefully, next year we will be providing salaries to a full time and part time team. Um, but yeah, like managing myself as an artist. Um and then managing the body of home for love. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, it's a lot. It is It is definitely a lot because I am a person who is sustained by joy and passion and mm -hmm. I am equally sustained by them both, but it's hard. And I feel like most of my time goes towards the body because for one, people are employed under me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I've also created a necessity for Black women. So it's like I have so many women depending on me, both financially and for emotional, you know, support. Um, and it's a lot, you know, managing the aesthetics of it, you know, making sure that we're on brand, making sure that we're growing the right way. Um, because we, we grew kind of fast and I realized that we were growing with partnerships. Like people are like, oh, I want to partner with the body. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I'm like, if it's not benefiting the community that we're serving, we shouldn't be doing it because they come first. You know what mm. I'm saying? And yeah, so keeping that consistency. Yeah. Yes. And, and constantly reevaluating and, and like reconfiguring and like, it's a lot. And like I said, being a business leader is not, that's not my first nature. I'm an artist. I'm like this, I'm all over the place. And so having to just be way more like streamlined and all that stuff, it's, it's a lot. And then with me as an artist, I'm like, I'm like, okay, you got, you put this film out and it was for the body, but also it's for you as an artist and you wanted to be a film director now, you know? And so trying to manage that and then black women are worthy is going to be, become an agency soon. Uh, look at Ben. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like another thing, another thing, but I'm also trying to like figure out a way to just, it could just be black women are worthy with Dion as a creative director and CEO and then the body of home for love. So I'm not stretching myself too thin, but it's a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how I'm doing it. Um, but I'm very thankful that I have black women who are just as invested in the black women that we're serving. So it makes the job easier for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would it's you say you're like a, you like a basic setup or do you like the latest and greatest like gadgets, creative gadgets? Like, do you know what you like and you keep a minimal setup or? I feel like it's a blend. See, like Visco, Visco, you're still Visco strong. I am. I'm very loyal. If I find something that works, I am very loyal to a fault sometimes. So it's like, unless, unless I see an error, if I see an error and I see an opportunity for something to be better, I mm-hmm. am convicted to move immediately towards that thing. But if I'm like, girl, this is working and, you know, I, I don't really see a benefit here if I do this or if I do that. I, I'm pretty loyal to, to the things that I use. Yeah, because um, there's so much stuff that comes out now, especially like around the term creator economy. Like there's so many like new tools and gadgets. But like when mm-hmm. you see all that stuff or when people are approaching you with stuff, what's your posture to that? Are you more like, I know what I like and I just use that and slow to adopt new things? Or are you kind of curious to try something new? I'm a very I'm a deeply curious person, but I feel like I am always overwhelmed <laughs> because there's too many things to think about all the time. So my capacity to sit with new things and learn them if I don't see an immediate need or benefit like that's why I'm like I'm a slow adopter. I'm not even going to lie. Like This is this is Ben and I's relationship to a T. Because I, really? Ben will bring me all these new, creative, fresh off the market. And I'm like, Ben, I have what I need. I'll, I'll take <laughs> it as it comes. And if I need it, I'll adopt it. And Ben's like, there's this new thing. Just, you got to get on it. Just give it a yeah. week. Try it out. See what happens. I just, you know, unless it's going to provide something immediate, I'm like, no. It can wait. I, it can wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's because, like I said, I have too many things to think about and integrate all the time. I'm just like, who got the time? Because I definitely don't. Yeah. I ain't even finished my apartment. Send this mug up. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dion, we're going we're gonna to move um, to just a quick this versus that uh, kind of breakdown. So we're going to ask, all right, let's go. we're going to take two things and we're going to see which one you'd rather go with. So okay. TikTok versus Instagram Reels. 
I gotta choose say, one. I would say, even though I'm not on TikTok, I would say TikTok because okay. I just feel like things are just more That's fun a there. People big are big endorsement. She said she's not even on TikTok and she's choosing it over Reels. I'm just saying, like, it's just, I love idiots. And I feel like idiots are more so on TikTok than they are on Instagram Reels. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I know people think I'm like, oh, elusive and RT, whatever, which I am. But I love idiots. And idiots are over there. So, yes. I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> short film versus a photo story. Oh, short film. Okay. Uh, iPhone versus. Poetry emotion. Go ahead. Okay. iPhone versus professional camera. Dang, depending on the day, I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm more prone to go to my phone than I am to a professional camera. I think right. the the um what is it called? The dimensions of like the photos. I just love the dimensions of the iPhone photo. Yeah, it makes it really yeah. easy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, group portrait versus solo portrait. Oh, solo portrait all day. What you mean? Yeah. Period. <laughs> you're yes. you're you're incredible at both. This is this is Thank a big you. one. I'm I'm interested to see because you work both angles, in front of the camera or behind the camera. Definitely. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, hold on. She thought down. she knew, and then she realized it like caught up to her of like, oh, if I say that, that means I can't do the other one anymore. Whoa. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Ooh. Um. In front of the camera, behind so- the camera. Oh, this is a tough one for her. It is tough because I'm actually camera shy, but then like I'm not. You're lying. You've grown into it. Wow. I have. And I ooh. I ain't gonna lie to you. I can't I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna be able to do that Come one. Come on, you Y'all know you're in front of the camera. She's in front of the camera. I'll okay, t- then, I'll then, answer then, the, then. I'll answer for you. <laughs> I'll answer for you. Dion is going go to take in front of the camera for show. You right. You right. There it is. <laughs> We're gonna go there with it. it is. Yeah. Well, if you had to if you had to pick up a new skill in an instant, what would it be? And uh what do you need to be able to do that? I would say I would be like an animator. Whoa. Cuz like Well, cuz we haven't talked about it. You're an illustrator. You've you've yeah, got a really I, yeah. great like illustration skill. Thank you. Yeah, I would love to just like seeing things in motion, especially after seeing photography in motion with short film. Mm. I think seeing like my illustrations, like, you know, have life to them. I think that would be so gorgeous. So I would yeah. love to pick up that skill for sure. That would be what do you, dope. what do you use? Are you on procreate or are you drawing and then kind of converting it over to Adobe? So I draw with my hands. And mm-hmm. then um, I trace it. And then I use this thing called Coco Patrice. So my friend Fresh Coffee, I don't know if you know him, Junebug. Oh, from- man. Yeah, yeah. We had we him on the podcast a couple on. weeks ago. That is my dude. So he actually told my friend Tammy um, about Coco Patrice. And because I was tracing on Illustrator and it was taking me five years just to, to trace one line. Yeah. And so Tammy was like, oh, if you just, if you illustrate it or you draw it out, you know, go over it, go over it with a uh, ink. You can just take a photo and upload it to Coco Patrice and it'll instantly trace the vector. It'll make it a vector. And I said, wow. And that's how I, yeah, that's how I Coco, Coco Patrice. Yes. It's something weird. Japanese, something weird, but it it works and it saved me. It saved my life. That's okay. So interesting enough, we talked about this on with Junebuck. He's actually switched over to Adobe Fresco. Oh wow! Well, and he says that. it like it said he changed the game. Yeah, and shout out to, to say, Adobe. Needed, yeah. Adobe actually reached out 
and hooked hooked Junebug up with a subscription of it. So oh, okay. Adobe, well, if you're good. listening, I'm trying. Sorry, that's my hobby. <laughs> Adobe people listening, yes, I want to go to to the fresco. So you should invite yeah. me. <laughs> Put it out. We'll there. see if we can. We we'll see if lightning if lightning will strike twice. Well, let's no, get it's into. Going to, it's going to. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the creative process with you. Like I yeah. see the behind the scene, like kind of walk me through what was the process like even to shoot this film because it looks and feels like a party and it's like but you I all mean, still yo, get work done that is me that is me all day i stay jigging in my house but i get i get <laughs> the execution is at a you know top tier so um the process yes so it starts with me having a vision like ooh, this mm-hmm. is something i should be doing right <laughs> And then she's on, got the Pinterest head. board and she's like <laughs> ready to like make it all happen. Now you already know. Yes, I have a Pinterest board. So I, I go to the vision. I'm like, I got this idea. And then I'm like, okay, well, what are you, st- what are you seeing? You know, well, I do start with like visions in my mind. And then I go to Pinterest to see if there are images that are akin to like what I'm seeing up in here in my mind. Hmm. And then, um, you know, I start putting together images that, look like what I'm trying to say, right? It, it, it's it's the visual description of like this thing that I'm trying to produce. Mm. Um, and so, and I'm a, I'm a very intuitive artist. So sometimes even talking about my creative process can be difficult because I'm like, it it feels like I should do this and it, that's what I should have been doing, you know? So um, I put together some images and then, no, or do I, did I do the words first? Oh, no, for the film, the words came to me first, and then I went to the Pinterest board. Right, you said that. And I yeah, started putting together. Yeah. yeah, and then I called up my friend, and I was like, unique. And I was like, can you produce this project? Because I tried producing before. Let me tell you something. Producing and executing that bad boy, negative. Absolutely not, okay? I was like, I'm not doing this again. So I was like, can I bring you on to do that? And she was like, okay. And then um, I was like, okay, well, we need a videographer, right? And so I'm thinking that this, is, this film was going to be like, something like real homegrown. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I was just like, you know, maybe I can do something with my iPhone. I'm not a videographer, but I can move the camera around. I was really thinking like low level basic. And then I was like, no, Dion, like this needs to be a massive thing. Mm. Um, and then when I, when I showed the mood board to my producer, she said, girl, this is definitely some racks for what you want to do, <laughs> you know? And so um, we were then trying to find someone who could do the who could be the cinematographer? And she, it was another black woman. Her name is Brittany. We brought her in. And then um, we have another stylish friend. She's our stylist friend. She's from Houston. And I was like, I would love for her to come on to style the project. And so, you know, it, it started to get bigger and bigger. And so I called up everybody. Everybody was down. Everyone was also working with us um, on a very tight budget. So that was, mm. you know, I was grateful for that. Um, and then, you know, I recorded the audio of the narration and I sent it out to everyone. And they were like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, some people cried. Some people were like, "This, I wow!" Like, I resonate with this so much, and I'm not even a survivor, but just as a black woman. And so, yeah. I was just like, "Oh my god, we really got something here," you know. And then um, we put out a casting call, and you know, literally, we had a week to get the girls. And so, I flew the producer and the stylist into town. We all stayed in my in my loft, and we were just having a good old time. We was jamming. You know, H Town Bops. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We were jigging around the place, eating food. You know, going through the art direction, going through the mood board, looking at you know, trying to find looks and like 
costume designs. I was also trying on clothes and stuff like that, even though I was not even supposed to be in the film, but I finessed my way in there along with the stylist, which mm. is funny. Um, but yeah, like we were just all working collaboratively and the producer and the stylist, it was their first time meeting, but we all just felt home with each other. And I think that that's the beauty of working with black women is just like, you just feel so seen and you feel at home, you know, you yeah. just feel comfortable and it's just such a vibe, you know? Yeah. And that was one of my favorite parts of like putting this film together is like really working on it with them. Yeah. And uh, so we got the girls and then we went to Calabasas. That's where we shot the film um, on this ranch. That was actually where, um, what is it called? Playboy. It was like, it was not a Playboy mansion, but a lot of Playboy teens were done film, there yeah. <laughs> with like photography and stuff like that. So I was like, this is wild that this is like next level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when I tell you that location was stupid, it was, <laughs> I was like, bro, who's living like this? This is y'all, y'all are living yeah. a different life. Um, but it fits your aesthetic, like the tones perfectly. and the, and the sun, like all those different things fit your aesthetic. Perfectly. I was just like, wow. And even with the mood board, like I would see photos and then I'd be like, okay, even though this is a still shot, I see her moving her head like this, or I see people walking and doing this, you know, so it was really dope for my brain to even expand, you know what I'm saying? Or like in, in terms of like creative consciousness and like how I was able to see things that weren't actually in front of me, but you know, so that was really, it was like magic at that point. I was like, yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Next level stuff. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest the day, part of translating okay. from, uh, you spoke about this a little earlier of, yeah. uh, from photography to videography, what were, what was like the, the challenge of uh, going from one kind medium of to the other? Kind jumping in between. Yeah. Um, That's a pretty big context switch too. It, or was it seamless? I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. It was definitely seamless for me. <laughs> That's how I'm like. When you're a multifaceted artist, she's just like, I I can, you know, put me in any Bro. context and I'll make it happen. And that's just big facts, though. Like, I literally was, first of all, I was, this is the videographer, and I was on her like this. Like, I was just like, girl, you need to shoot like this. You need to do that. I just knew exactly what I wanted. And like I said, that mood board that I put together, I knew what it was from front to back. And I knew exactly how I wanted it to look. And I was like, Dion, just approach this as photography in motion, and you'll be fine. That really put me at ease because think of it, thinking of it as like a film director in its entirety, that would have caused a lot of anxiety for me. But I'm like, Dion, you know, your aesthetic is the bomb.com. Just give us ethereal vibes, but with movement. So mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I just thought about shots, but then being able to move. Yeah. Well, you know? your creative process that you, um, and this is something I'm just kind of learning from you in the moment of when you really know what you want and you're able to map that out, um, in the, in the pre-work, when it comes time to the production, you know exactly what you're looking for. Um, and that's what oh, should, man. that really when sounds Dion, like. When Dion like names it and claims it, like you don't want to get in her way. Like if that's like <laughs> one thing that I've kind of learned with Dion, like once she sets her mind on something, especially creatively, and she's got a vision for it, like you don't want to get in her way. That's facts. That really means a lot. But no, that he's really speaking to y'all with these facts because <laughs> yes. I'm just like, mm-hmm, that's it. That's the one. And I and I knew it. And it was when it came together, I was like, this is everything I wanted and more. And is it, it tough so to bring is it tough to bring other people into your vision though? Like when you know what you want so much, is it tough to relay that to others and really bring them in? Well, I think because I'm a visual learner, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the easiest way to learn things. Even though I know people are like, oh, auditory, whatever, whatever. I'm like, girl, look, if you see this, you have no choice but to see what I'm saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and it being very clear. And so, what? Sorry. Um, so for me, it wasn't difficult because for one, I was working with women who I already admired and they were creating work. Uh, they know me as a person, so they already know what to expect. Um, and like once I showed them the mood board, they were just like, oh, like I get it. Like it, it was no, it was very clear what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like one of those like, okay, they have this. No, I'm just like, no, this is, it's very, it's spelled out to you. So I didn't have any issues with bringing people into the fold. They knew exactly what it was. Even with the editing, I edited the film shot by shot. I sent the screenshots of the raw footage to the cinematographer and I said, this is going to be the first scene, second scene, third scene. It was like this. And most people just leave it up to the cinematographer, but I was just like, no, this is the scene. And this is according to this word. This is what I wanted to say, all this stuff. So I'm just very involved. Like Beyonce, just like, you know. What's that like from doing like a personal project like that to when you shot the portrait of Issa Rae and Mm. working with like brands, like how different, how how different is the process for you? Is it the same? No, for one, you have complete creative control over everything, you know, and so that could seem very daunting or that could seem very thrilling. But I know that because I mean, I'm, I'm not arrogant, but I feel like I'm, I know what I'm doing, you know, and if you just put it in my care, the execution of it will be beautiful um, because I feel like I've been able to have that track record with my work. And so what's different than working with other brands is that, you know, they could come to you and say, well, Dion, we love your work, but can you, you know, tweak your editing to my, to not make it look like your original style, or could you do this, that, and the third? And so to some extent, I'm having to relinquish some of my creative control, even when I don't like it, you know, I'm just like this, this ain't cute or this don't, you know, this is not hidden, but I'm like, I don't have the final say over this. But when, when it came to this film, I'm like, this is all from my brain. And this is essentially me being vulnerable with the world because you guys see, you, you see me. Seeing this mm. film is literally seeing me, it's seeing my thoughts, it's seeing what I think is beautiful, it's seeing you know, what I consider to be a gorgeous aesthetic, yada, yada, yada. So it's, it's very vulnerable, you know. but at the same time, I have the final say of what the final product would look like. And so having that type of control, it, it lets me know, it's reaffirming that like, I, I am everything that I think I am. I am exactly who I think I am. So I, I think that's, that's the difference between working on this and then working with other brands. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about, uh, just this past year, I'm curious to know what have, what has been, uh, creative, what's been creatively frustrating in this past year. Um, and what did you do to help make things less frustrating or kind of just your approach to overcoming those things? Yeah. Walk us through the lows when you get like creatively low and you're like trying to overcome it because I mean, things are just like booming for you, but surely there's Mm going to be like low points or frustrations and like, how do you overcome that creatively? Um, I would say the only low points come from like, if I have something personally going on in my life, like, I think that my it's career very paralyzing. is something, what? When things personally Jesus. happen, like it's very paralyzing to try to figure out how to be creative or to focus on other things. People don't know that even... <laughs> 
when I was filming this and putting this film together, I was going through one of the hardest times of my life. And mm. I don't, it is by the grace of God mm. that I got through it because I was an emotional wreck. But like, what brings me joy is this work. So it's like my work brought me out of the dark places of where I was in my personal life. You know what I'm saying? And so also my why for doing what I do brought me out of those dark places, you know, because I'm like, at the end of the day, all of this gets exhausting. You know what I'm saying? And it's 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 tiresome and it's and it's a lot. But I'm like, when you remember your why, it fuels you and it gives you motivation to keep going. And I was just like, I'm not going to let any, you know, personal situations that you know, of course, they're, they're, they may be traumatizing or they may hurt, but I'm like, there is so much, there's a lot of work to be done here. And it's so much beauty that I deserve to experience. I'm not going to let that overshadow this because I knew that the reward of what this project would bring and the fruit of it mattered too much for me to like wallow in whatever I was going through personally. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a lot of mental mental gymnastics. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, I'm very intentional about you know, reading certain um, books or uh, listening to certain podcasts or like really like reprogramming my mind with questions and affirmations that are reminding me of like what I'm worth and the fact that I can reimagine my future at any given time because I'm not stuck in the past. Like what would you tell some of the girls you work with when they're like wanting to work on projects? Like what advice do you give those people who are like, Dion, how did you do it? Or how do I start my own project? Or how do I start working with mm. brands? Like, I like what say, advice do you give them? I would say go where the joy is. Like that's the answer. I feel like if you follow, like if you follow the path of joy, it'll lead you to your purpose. Because I feel like essentially we are an expression of joy and our lives are supposed to be an expression of joy. And I feel like that's the easiest way to know what you're supposed to be doing. I feel like oftentimes we overcomplicate it. But honestly, what you know, following the joy is it just I don't know. It's it's abundance, it's wealth, wealth of ideas, you know, wealth of energy, like because we're we're revived and we're energetic when we are doing things that bring us joy. And so I know it sounds cliche or whatever, but honestly, that has been a testament to my life. And I'm all about creating sustainable joy, friendships, career, you know, life in general. Like that has been a win win for me. And also being everything that you wish to attract is a win win. Mm -hmm. So if you want to attract more joy. You be joy. If you want to attract wealth, you be wealth like because you're winning from every aspect. And so those are two things that I'd love to share with people who are trying to find their their path. Dion with the dimes. You know, I okay. do what I can. You know what Look I'm saying? It. I do what I can. Look at it. Well, before we move into uh, kind of this last segment of our podcast, I'm interested to see what you would say the impact of your work has been. What a what have been some of the stories or just the things that you've heard from women uh, based off the photos, the the visuals that you've mm. created over these past few years? I've heard some incredible things and it just, it makes me cry sometimes, but um, so many women are like, oh, for, for instance, you know, after the Visco thing went public, I, I was also very public about me leaving my marriage. Mm. And um, so many, so many women were just like, Thank you so much for choosing yourself and choosing your joy because it helped me to get out of situations that didn't bring me joy and I didn't have the strength to leave those situations. And so I was just like, you know, you know, you share your story, but you 
you know, I'm not thinking that people are going to be affected like that. But for them to say, you choosing, you helped me to choose me and I'm in a much better position in life. I'm like, wow. Or, um, you know, people say, you know, the body of home for love has helped me really come to terms with the fact that like I'm worthy or it helped me leave a relationship or it's helped Mm -hmm. me to understand when I'm being abused or when I'm being manipulated, like, yeah, it's a space that makes you feel good, but it's also a space where, where you're like learning and you're being educated around certain things that a lot of times black women don't know because people don't address us or approach us like everyone yeah. else. Um, so many people have been like this, you know, the body of home for love has saved my life, wow. you know, and you're just like, what? Wow. You know, yeah. or thank you for allowing me to sit in this and not and not have to be anything other than myself like yeah. making me feel seen. And so me, you know, coming across uh, comments like that, I'm just like, God, this is why. This is why mm-hmm. you told me to say yes to this. Mm-hmm. Um, does that you know, feel purpose? Feel does late. that feel purposeful or can it feel heavy and weighty at times, I guess too? Um I know that I'm not the savior. If I if I had a savior complex about me, I think then I'd feel like, you know, heavy or burdened, but yeah. I'm the vessel. You know, I'm not the answer. I'm just the vessel. And so looking at it like that, it, it, it's not burden. It's not burdening for me. I'm just like, wow, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And thank you, God, for using me as an instrument in so many women's healing process. And I, mm. I take it as that. I'm like, any, anything other than that, y'all go to God or y'all go to the <laughs> therapist. But, you know, like, no. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the balance there. Per- that's mm-hmm. awesome. Perhaps, Dion, you could even kind of talk about when telling these stories, especially deciding to tell these stories through photo and video or illustrations. Yeah. Kind of like, what is your process of like being delicate or honoring the individuals that you're working with and not trying to be like exploiting because i feel like right now too it's there's a there's a lot of hype to share certain stories stories because Mm -hmm. it's having like a moment and people want to market off of that like how how have you found the balance of being honoring to the people you work with while also trying to highlight their stories to bring awareness to it Hmm. Um, no, I think that's a great question. I'm so happy you asked. Uh, for one, I listen to people, right? Listen without it being transactional. And then also providing a choice. I think as a survivor, it's important that we are in spaces where we have choices, where you don't feel like you have to do anything, where you have to say anything, or have you, you, know, you have to share anything. So always providing people with a choice. You know, um, I feel like it's very freeing and it's affirming that they are powerful. So you're helping them tap into their own power by mm-hmm. doing that. Um, and then thirdly, I would say um, I have no personal gain from trying to exploit you. You know, it's like I know that a lot of people are sharing because it is a moment and it is, you know, a clickbait and like all of this stuff. And these stories, I, I do believe in the power of storytelling. But when you're telling a story that you are not even supposed to be telling, like I am a, I'm not, not, what's the word? I am a keeper of stories, right? A keeper of vulnerability. And I understand the importance of that role. Like not everything that is shared privately is supposed to be shared publicly because what is the gain from that? What is the purpose of it? You know what I'm saying? And Like I said, I'm just an instrument. I'm not the person telling you what to do. I'm just providing a choice and an avenue for you to heal. But if if I overstep my boundaries by making you feel like you have to do something, it's like I need to think I need to realize that I'm doing it for selfish intent because then it's Mm -hmm. not about them. It's about me. 
And it's yeah. never, it's not about me. It's about serving them. So that's, I feel like that's how I've been able to um, really find that balance of like doing things like that. Cause it's, it's not, it's not, it's not my decision. Yeah. And when you're, yeah. when you're in this balance of um, creating work, but you're also running a nonprofit um, and this will help us transition to the, to the last segment of our show. There's this aspect of making money. Like at the end of the day, you have to bring uh, dollars in to sustain the work that you're doing and to increase the reach and the impact of the mm-hmm. work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I want to start this with, let's let's go back to Visco Voices a little bit, but maybe speak on the importance of grants for creatives and how you utilize the funds for your project and and, and how that affects the work that you do now. Yeah. So with the Visco money, um, I use the bulk. I, I paid myself a little bit, like, because I was like, I mean, I, as you I should say the N word. <laughs> you know, I got to eat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but a lot of that money just went to travel and lodging and me paying the, the women who um, participated in honorarium, because I do believe that black women should be paid, even if it's if, even if I don't have enough, I can give you something. And so um, most of my like most of my money came to traveling, like I said, lodging per diem, um, and that was how I used that money. And I feel no way about it. I was like, this is what this money is supposed to be used for. And so um, now, you know, running this nonprofit, it's so interesting because a lot of activists are like catching heat because you know they're doing things that a lot of people don't agree with. And it's just like, oh, I ain't gonna lie. It's it's so just a lot because yeah. I understand like boys got to eat, period. Um, but at the same time, it's like when you and your work start to become like a bit exploitive and it's just like I'm in it for the money or like I'm doing something that is not even on brand and I'm just taking this money and I'm not even doing what I'm supposed to be doing with that money. Hmm. Or I'm working with a company who clearly doesn't care about me. You know, it's just like, yeah. ooh, use your wisdom, use your discernment, yeah. you know, because people are going to come, you know, people yeah. are going to come to the body. And I'm just like, Dion, at the end of the day, as a leader of this organization, you have to be mindful of who truly has your best intention and who who's just trying to give you money so that they can look the good, yeah. you know? But I understand that in order for us to do the work we do, we need money. But I'm like, yeah. all money is not good money. Yeah. And, well, yeah. What are um, some of the perimeters you pl- you you all put in place, whether that's for uh, who you decide to work with or just how you all spend and interact with money? What are kind of kind of bring us into the nonprofit world and, and how you're running things? Of what are the parameters that you all have in place? Um. Well, we're very transparent. Everyone on the team knows like what grants we're getting, how much we got, and also um, where the money is going. You know, like we pay, most of our money goes to paying wellness practitioners who come in and facilitate programming. Nobody, you know, everybody on the team knows that. So if they're like, oh, well, why am I getting this amount as a stipend? Well, we know that we are spending X amount of money on wellness practitioners. So I feel like having that transparency around what's coming in um, is a a, a parameter or whatever you want to call that. Um, I would also say that when it comes to who we work with, we've been blessed to like work with people who are just good people. And I feel like I have, my spirit of discernment is on point. And if I feel like there's some shady business going on, I'm not going to work with you. But luckily I haven't been able, you know, I haven't ran into that issue. So, but if that time comes, I definitely would be like, no, this is not the right opportunity for us because 
if it's not benefiting the women that we're working with, once again, why are we doing it? Because at mm. the end of the day, if you can't say black women are worthy, not even just say it, if you can't demonstrate it, why am I working with you? Period. Like this is not in alignment. And I feel like authentic alignment is so important to me. And I feel like all my needs will be met. All the body's needs will be met. But being truthful and being honest is the best way to do that. So um, like I said, just transparency around what's coming in, who we're paying, how much we paying y'all. And having nothing, I don't have anything to hide. So that's really the yeah, my my two cents on that. Hopefully that that answers yeah. the question. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you remember like what your first job was that you got paid for being a creative? Ooh, I would say when I first started shooting, um, somebody paid me three hundred dollars to shoot their wedding. Did that feel like a lot to you at the time? Were you just like, holy cow! Absolutely. I can't believe they're paying Absolutely. me three hundred dollars. Yeah. I had been shooting for like four four or five months and I was just like, what? I don't even, what? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you're trying to pay me and I just got started shooting. Like, this is wild. 300 back then, that mug was a lot of money. I was just fresh out of college. Yes, that was $3,000 to me. So that was the first time I got paid. And I was like, when did, I must when have did you when did, when did you know you had to, to run up the price when you had to get your bag? When I know I had to run up the price. That's a great point. Uh, maybe I think when I refinery 29 had worked with me for something and I was just like, Ooh, refinery 29, you know, I was just like, this is a brand. No, it was when my photo went viral. So which photo? photo they all yeah, go viral. I am screaming, but no, this one was stupid viral. Like it was the one of, they thought I was like recreating this Kendall Jenner photo shoot of like, there was a black woman who was laying on my dusty carpet with like these Calvin Klein panties on and she had stretch marks. And I posted it on Instagram. And when I tell you the entire United of States, we posted <laughs> that and shared it. It literally, like I was on CBS, um, Good Morning America, like all of these what? people were interviewing How me. How did I, I miss like, this? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where you was at. But where was I, I at? You, it was, <laughs> it was wild. What's the engagement? What was the engagement you were getting on this? It was like, like what are we talking all, about here? This was like 2016. This is when I had like, I don't know, like 10,000 okay. followers. I had gotten like 26,000 likes. First of all, still to this day, that is the most likes I've ever gotten on a post. 26,000 wow. likes. Ply shared it. Um, the rapper. Uh, who else? Like a whole bunch of celebrities shared it. They talked about it. People oh, wow. were teaching lessons on it using wow. that photo. And they were hmm. like, yeah, meet the black photographer who's recreating Kendall Jenner's thing with, with a black woman with the stretch marks. I'm like, first of all, who is Kendall Jenner? Oh, I Jenner just found that's it. That's not even. Do you see it? I'm looking I at it. Yeah. yeah. Love your Isn't body, stretch marks and all. April 19th, 2016. Hashtag Visco. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got that it. Yeah. Was, yeah. That's when I was like, oh, we doing it like that? I was like, bet. Run me these numbers up. Yeah. That was the first time. Wow. It was wild. Yeah, wow. it was pretty cool. Um, well, you, you talked a little bit about this of, with Refinery29, but you've worked with uh, Glacier, Apple, Nike, um, kind of um, when you all are discussing money, right? With when you're, when you're discussing money with these brands, what what's that like? And how are you making sure that you're walking away with uh, the correct price? Or uh, just kind of bring us into that process. What, what is that like? Um, well, for one, you know, now in my career, I don't I don't talk about the money because I never want to 
like come off any type of way. So I have my two my two like barking chihuahuas managers on my team. They're black women and they're brilliant. I have them come in and be like, you talk about the money. I'm I'm providing the excitement and like the, oh my God, so excited. You know, they come in talking about where's the coin and mm. how much are we getting for the coin? Straight to the so point, I yeah. think, yeah, detaching myself from that keeps my relationship with them great, but it lets them know that my team is not going to play with y'all. So pay me my coins. Like, you know, so I've been able to do that, which has been awesome. But prior to me bringing them onto my team, um, I was just like, all of my friends would call me, you know, like Dion, they would always say Dion don't play about her money. And that's for real, because I know that they pay white women, especially in the influencer space, hella more money than me or even photographers. And so I always charge what Wait, I you're want telling to me get. they're paying Karen more money. I am screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was, not, I was not ready for that. No, I'm about to. I'm literally about to hop off my balcony because he is. I'm no, but yes, I was just like, what? So I would, I would ask for what I wanted, and I would like add a few thousands on there. Mm, she like, said thousands. I had one brand come to me. They were like, "Oh, we want you to do this, um, you know, this thing for like fifteen hundred dollars," and I was like, "They wanted me to do the most," and I said, "I, I wanted." $10,000 from them, right? But because they annoyed me by asking for $1,500 or asking, mm. yeah, I said, y'all are going to, I said, this is going to cost y'all $17,000. And let me tell you what they did. They ran that checkup for $17,000 because no, y'all are going to give me my coins. Wow. They started at $1,500. $1,500. dollars $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, And they ended up paying $17,000. So they acted like, yes. they, wow. And wow. I, when I tell y'all they got it, they have it. And when you wow. operate with that mindset, you know when to walk away. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And for me, I'm always like, so if if when I was by myself and I didn't have my managers, I would be like, what's your budget? And then they would be like, well, how much you want? No, don't do that. What is your budget? You know, so I can see where they're where they're at. And I was just always ask for more. Sometimes I wouldn't get the gig and sometimes I yeah. would. But well, I, even I that, that feels like a, that, that can feel like such an open ended question of what's your budget. It almost, it almost sounds like it's easier to be like, this is my price. Can you can you meet it or no? See, um, you know what? That's funny. But as Josh creator, is a young blood. Yeah, <laughs> Teach him, like, Dion. Teach him. I, no, yeah, I'm like, it don't even, you don't even get that good over here. It literally yeah. don't even get that good. Like, and I mean, I've used that method a few times. I'm like, that ain't working. How much are we talking here? Because sometimes the number mm. that you say is too low. You know what I'm mm. saying? And you don't, you ain't ever trying to walk away from a situation where you're, you are shortchanging yourself. So you want to yeah. see what they talking about, you know? So that's, I that's mean, true too. Yeah. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. uh, don't short, yeah, kill yourself first. Well, Dion, up to this point, what would you say has been some major milestones in your career? Like when you look back over your creative kind of journey so far, what are some like areas that you just kind of like, man, that was a milestone. That's one that I always remember. Um, one would be Glossier because it was the first time that I saw my work in large scale print. So they came to me and they were creating like this Chicago art installation pop-up, this like an art gallery. And they were like, oh my God, we love your work. And we want you to like photograph some people along with other artists. Then they came back and they were like, no, we love you. And we want you to, you know, display your work in our art gallery um, during this pop-up. And I was like, first of all, I was obsessed with Glossier. And I was like, this is a huge opportunity because now this is a solo art show hmm. for me. Um, and so them just supporting me with all the resources that I need needed and 
um, giving me full creative control over everything. That was like a huge milestone for me. It was in 2018. It was the largest check I had ever made at the time. Was it 2018? Yeah, it was like the same year as uh, the Visco thing. That was like a great year financially for me. And so, um, yeah, the, just them giving me an opportunity as an artist to see my work in mm. like full print. And it was like so many people there. I was like, this is definitely a milestone. Um, yeah. What else was a milestone for me? I've had so many. And I'm Visco like, Voices. Of course, Visco. Of course, Visco voices. That tra- changed my. Is Issa Rae is was the Issa Rae portrait like a milestone? Like, do you consider that a milestone? I mean, it it was. Sure. It was, but I feel like it's like I had not in the top five. Control, if I had full oh, creative control, I see. it would have been more of a, a milestone. Yeah. But it for sure. This is where you really I'm, get to read between the lines. Like, there's yeah. like great work. There's great work you got to be a part of, but then they could have been even greater mm-hmm. if you really get yeah. to hear the full story of how to work yeah. within that what was, what was the context behind that shoot? I just didn't control where the location was. And I, it wasn't a location. I, the location itself was amazing. It was a Black-owned space, so of course. But I feel like for how I shoot as a natural light photographer, I didn't feel, I didn't feel supported um, in, in that way. Uh, and I just... Yeah, just some you other got the job that, done, but I did, and it was it was a beautiful cover. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I love the images; they're very classic, very beautiful. So that was definitely a milestone. Um, seeing my work in Apple, like globally, people were freaking in, you know, Moscow or whatever, like Italy, talking about girl. I see you all up and down these display monitors, like you and your work. To, for like that was insane to me. Like Apple mm. commissioning me for a six month project where my Photos and face was just in every single Apple store. It was insane. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I don't know. I've had so many. I honestly forget what I've done sometimes. I'm not even gonna lie to you. That's a um, that's a good that's a good uh, uh, brain freeze problem to have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then I mean raising raising um, $140,000 for my nonprofit, and then being able to take my illustrations off the paper and into actual product that people can wear. Mm. You know, yeah. that's always been a dream. I would always see people and I'm like, I want to do that. And then God was like, yeah. here you go. So that's been beautiful. Um, yeah. We'll have to bring you, we'll have to bring you on uh, once you hit that 2 million. That's going to be incredible. Oh, th- yes. Get prepared because it's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Dion, uh, this is one of my favorite questions to kind of ask as, as we get towards the end. Uh, when considering what it means to leave behind um, a legacy, what would you say you want your creative legacy to be? How do you want people to remember you? I want them to remember me as like the the black woman who used like her art, her personality, her gifts, her everything to really make the be- make the world a better place for mm. black women. That's mm. that's what I want to be remembered by. So the black woman with- who was for black women, yeah. Yes, you know, through and through, and you and you saw that you felt it, and not even just like on some corny level, but like everything that I've touched has been beautiful. It's been quality. It's been like the best. You know what I'm mm. saying? And so, yeah, like that's that. I feel like that's who I am, and that's that's my purpose, and I'm able to use that through or express that through various mediums. Hmm. Well, Dion, thanks so much for joining us. It was awesome to kind of hear how you create, how you think, how you process, like all the different things. You shared so much with us today. Super yes. thankful for you. 
where can people kind of like follow or what do you want to plug here? Oh my God. Ooh, there's so many things to plug. Okay. So plugging myself, Dion Ivory, D-E-U-N, Ivory, like the color. Yes, that is my last name. Most people think that's my middle name. I'm like, no. <laughs> but y'all can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can see more of my work on DionIvory.co for the crowdfunding page of Black Women Are Worthy, where you can view this gorgeous short film, blackwomenarworthy.co. It has all the information about who we are, what we do, why we do what we do. And it has information around uh, the Body of Home for Love. And the Body of Home for Love is a wellness membership space. So if you are a Black survivor, you know, looking to heal with other survivors, be sure to check us out. But yeah, that's where you can catch me at. before you leave, do us a big favor and leave us a review or share this week's episode with your friends. It helps us keep the lights on. And if you're curious, our original music was made by local producer Shem and our awesome album art was designed by our good friend, Tyler Deeb. We'll see you next week.